The Outlet. The Talk of Southland. Welcome to The Outlet, your local interview podcast for Southland. I'm your host Brent Harbour and in this podcast I talk to Ali Ballantyne Timms, the chair of the Middome Wilding Trees Charitable Trust. We chat about how the trust formed and some of the threats to the environment and economy that wilding pines present. Can you give me a bit of a background on the formation of the Middome Wilding Trees Charitable Trust? Yeah, sure. So I got involved as a relatively newly elected Environment Southland councillor back in 2002. Um, we've held, I attended a volunteer day because Middome was kind of within my constituency. And it just gave me a really good um, idea of the work that needs to be done there and the huge issues that we were facing. So over the next few years, sort of worked really hard with Environment Southland councillors and staff to try and come up with the right approach. And in 2006, we formed our charitable trust. And we, right from the start and to this day, we take a real partnership approach. So our partnership partners are Environment Southland, Doc and Lins. Doc and Lins because they have land holdings up there and also um, involving local landowners as well. We got ourselves up and going, but really over the next probably 10 years, we struggled with a lack of funds. We just didn't have enough money. So the game breaker for us was when MPI set up a National Wild and Conifer Control Program. I think it was about 2017. I was involved in the governance group of that program at that stage for several years. So we finally had some um, decent money and by that stage we had some effective control technologies as well. And that program was ramped up with some funding for Jobs for Nature, which went from 2020 to 2023. So we finally had some good money, we had the control techniques and we could make some real gains um, with wilding control up there and kind of get on the front foot. But unfortunately now MPI have cut that funding right back and despite a lot of lobbying, it's looking unlikely that we probably won't get anything until 25, 26. Um, We've got a huge operational area, it encompasses about 70,000 hectares. And up until this year, we've spent about 17 million on control. And we've just reviewed our strategy, and that's telling us that we can complete the work up there so that there's no coning trees. That'll probably take about another 16.5 million. But the issue for us, Brent, is that now we're facing this funding deficit. We're going to be lacking about 300,000 uh, per annum, and so those costs will compound on an annual basis. Wow, okay, so yeah, some funding would be good sooner. So what are the potential impacts of wilding pine spread on the native vegetation and wildlife in the project area? Yes, there's an awful lot of dock land up there. Um, species like the Karairaya, a New Zealand falcon, um, they rely on insects and lizards that live in the native tussock and other vegetation up there. Um, so that's part of the issue and I guess the other side of it is there's a lot of productive farmland which has been taken over by infestations of wild and so that loss of production for farmers as well. So what are the potential impacts of wilding pine spread on the native vegetation and wildlife in the project area? Well they're huge. We're at the stage now we can hand back some of that productive farmland to farmers because they can then manage it themselves but with probably some assistance from Environment Southland but if we didn't get rid of these trees, it would just be a, a monoculture, a, a just 
of uh, mainly Pinus Contorta and they just um, compete farmland, they outcompete the native vegetation. Uh, they have severe impacts on uh, water yields as well because a pine tree needs a lot more water than perhaps tussock and so on does. There's some pretty extensive impacts if we didn't carry out this work. What are some of the economic consequences of the spread of wilding pines? Yeah, well, generally whether you've been past that area, you see it when you go past the jollies. It's high and it's remote, it's cold, very steep. Uh, there are some farm tracks that we can use to get contractors in, ground control crews and so on, but that can often take a long time. Uh, this last season when we had helicopters up there that were doing some aerial control work, we are able to utilise those to pick up the contractors and take them right to the site. So it means we can get a, you know, a full eight hours work out of them. Some of the contractors stay on site in accommodation that's provided by a local farmer and that also makes for um, big savings. The weather is a real problem for us. It's a very high and windy site and that can impact on some of our control methods, particularly when we're doing the aerial boom spraying and also pretty tough on ground control crews. It's steep and pretty difficult underfoot at times. So it's not an easy environment to work in. What are some of the challenges that you face in accessing and controlling the remote alpine areas where wilding pines are growing? So we've basically got three control methodologies. It just depends on the size of the, of the trees and also where they are. So we do a lot of ground control. So these are groups of contractors and they'll use chainsaws and loppers and um, hand pulling. As I said, we've got the um, what we call the aerial foliar spray application so this is a use of a helicopter with boom sprays where there can be a problem with that we really need um, the right kind of temperatures and not too windy so as much as that chemical gets onto the trees as possible and uh, gets less risk of spread to native vegetation we apply buffer zones around native vegetation so that we don't impact on them and the other tool that we use is what's called ABBA so that stands for aerial basal bar applications. That's where we use a smaller helicopter and you have someone working uh, like a wand out the door of the helicopter and that'll apply herbicide to the trunk of a tree and that's quite effective on smaller trees that, that can knock them down. I don't think we've really cracked it yet as far as the aerial spray application goes as far as the boom spraying because you can't go to the store and buy something that's going to kill a pine tree because you know why would chemical manufacturers produce something that they would see as a productive tree so um, we used various crews we have had some success but quite often we have to go back and respray because these trees are really difficult to kill so if people want to help out and find out some more information where's the best place to go ali um, i suggest that they go to um, our midtown trust website Environment Southland has information as well and I guess, you know, from a political perspective it's asking people to get involved and talk to their local councillors, Environment Southland and also the Southland District Councillors. At the moment we lack effective rules around how you can sheet home the responsibilities for wild and spread. And what we're finding now is we're seeing spread from particularly Douglas fir plantations, they might have been planted for production forestry or uh, the latest one is carbon farming. So these are there for a long time, they're often on high windy sites so it's a perfect place for you know seedlings to which are very light and uh, wind-borne to travel long distances and infest 
farmland and also a lot of dockland. You know, we see this up on the Nevis Road, big infestations up there. These seedlings can come from the likes of farm shelter belts as well. Yeah, well, it's a real problem. Look, thank you so much for all the work that you and the Trust are doing, and thanks for having a chat today. All right, thanks, Brent. Appreciate the time. The Outlet from your Southland app. Thanks for listening to The Outlet, the talk of Southland. The Outlet is produced and published by the Southland app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. If you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on The Outlet podcast, get in touch by clicking on the contact button on the Southland app. All the episodes of The Outlet are available on the Listen To button of your Southland app and wherever you get your podcasts.